0: is up everyone welcome to cocky nation i am your host brandon owens and yes sadly you have to listen to only my annoying voice this week i am doing it solo again but good news for next week we will start having one of our other hosts join us again Uh, cody hooks has been doing internship and with internship comes one of the uh certification tests that we education majors have to do called edtpa and he is about to wrap that up so good luck Cody we are praying for the best results um and we look forward to having you on next week with that being said let's go ahead and jump right on into the episode this week, we will be starting things off with covering the oVC semifinal game for men's basketball against Belmont. We lost seventy two to sixty nine This game let me just go ahead and say, I am so glad that we are out of the OVC for basketball now, and I cannot wait until all of our sports are done to be completely done with the OVC. This game just made things so much worse, made me hate the OVC even more. Uh, primarily because of the officiating. For some reason, the officiating seems to not like JSU, or the OVC in general does not like the fact that other teams can challenge their so-called babies in Murray State and Belmont. And with only a three-point loss, I mean, if you watch the game, you will agree with me, the officiating was absolutely horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. And it it just seemed like whatever JSU did, they they tried to fight their way back into the game and only lost by three. But no matter what they tried to do to get the lead back, it it wasn't working. Uh, there were fouls being called right and left on certain people, and I'll get into that in a minute on a specific player. Uh, but fouls were being called just right and left on JSU, barely any for... Belmont, from what I could tell, and it was it was just not a good game stat wise for JSU, regardless of how you watch if you watch the game and how you perceive the game, because if you watch the game, you will definitely see that our boys were fighting tooth and nail to get to the OVC championship. Like I'm gonna be completely honest, if the refs did not have a hand in the game, we would have probably beat Belmont. But that's neither here and here or there. Uh, we are done with it. Just be glad that we're out of the OVC. Um, but I will also say the same stats from the previous two games carried over into this game. Uh, we shot 42% um, from field goal, 25 for 59, uh, while Belmont shot 40%, 23 for, uh, for 57. Um Three points. It it was not a good night from the three point line for either team. Uh, for Jacksonville State, we shot twenty seven percent, seven for twenty six, and Belmont shot for thirty one percent, nine for twenty nine. Um, again, just like the second game, there was one point where Belmont was like one for fifteen or something like that. It it was it was unreal at how well JSU was defending Belmont to start out. And it looked good. I, I seriously thought that we had a chance to win the game. And you could see that throughout the entire game. But again, I, I just think the OVC refs had too much of a hand in this. Um free throw was decent. It wasn't it wasn't the best, but it wasn't bad either. Uh we shot sixty seven percent, twelve for eighteen. And Belmont shot 71%, 17 for 24. So, again, stat-wise, it wasn't that bad. Um, but I, I just think the OVC refs had a huge hand in who won this game. Now, some of our players did have a standout night. Uh, Amanze Ngemezi, if I butchered your name, I am so sorry. Um, but he had 20 points, uh, was 8 for 11 from field goal, and Three for four from a uh, free throw. Awesome night. I mean, he was on fire. Him and Kane Henry both. Kane was the one, um, just like Huffman, who had a ton of rebounds against Murray State. Kane had 11 rebounds. Uh, speaking of Huffman, this is what... Oh my gosh. This is what got me. Uh, within the first half... Huffman got fouled 4 times early in the first half um which made Ray Harper bench him and then Ray Harper made a gutsy call and put him in in the second half um and within 2 minutes of the second half uh Huffman fouled out now I think Ray made a Ray Harper made a great decision in putting in Huffman but to me, if you have a player that is four has four fouls, don't put him in until the very end of the game. Uh, you had people like Nigamezi and Kane Henry who were keeping that team alive, as well as Darian Adams. They were keeping that team in the game. Now, if you would have put Huffman in, let's say the last three, two minutes of the game, then things might have gone a different way, even playing the refs. But you should not have... When you have a player that has four fouls, you do not play them unless they are needed. In this sense, he was needed, but you put him in too early. And also, some of the fouls that Huffman had against him, they were... Again, we played the refs. That's all I have to say. We played the refs. Uh, OVC refs have always sucked. Uh, They've had something out for JSU. I don't know what. Uh, But enough of basketball. We're out of the OVC now. Uh, Congratulations on a successful season. Let's just try for next year in our new conference, the A-Sun. So, again, congrats, guys. Let's just move on from this. All right, now on to softball and baseball. We'll start with softball. Softball had a pretty successful start to OVC conference play in our Belmont series, we won the series two to one. Uh, in the first game, we beat Belmont four to two. Second game, we lost four to three. Third game, we won five to two. Uh, we also had a non-conference game against uh, Ball State, and we lost that game four to two. Um, up next, we continue OVC play uh, against UT Martin at home. March 12th through the 13th, so this weekend. So March 12th, first pitch is at 4, and then March 13th, we have a doubleheader, first game being at 1, and then the second being at 3. All of these games are on ESPN+. Plus. So, let's go Lady Gamecocks, and let's get the job done against UT Martin and move on to the next opponent. Alright, baseball, we had a series against Southern Miss. Not too bad, but we're we're rounding out our out of conference uh schedule. Uh, first game we won six to nothing. We shut them out. Uh, second game they shut us out six to two, and then game three we lost three to one. Um, up next actually tonight at six we play at Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Um, and then we round out at UT um UTSA. South Alabama, USA, um, this weekend, March 12th through the 14th, March 12th, the game starts at uh, 6.30, Saturday the game starts at 2, and then Sunday the game starts at 2. The Alabama game is actually on the SEC Network Plus, Um, you can view it if you have an ESPN Plus uh, subscription, and then the South Alabama games are on ESPN Plus. All right, Gamecocks, let's round out our out-of-conference schedule before we move on to conference play next week. All right, moving into our main sport for the spring football. Oh, God. That 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 just sounds so weird to say. I'm still trying to catch on to the aspect and concept of spring football. Um, I'm just not used to it. Uh, so let's just move on into football now that basketball is over. Um, we had a game this past weekend against Tennessee State, and we won 38 to 16. I was not impressed with JSU's win at all. I was impressed with individuals, but I was not impressed with JSU as a team. So, what I mean by that was we did not look good. Uh, we had so many m- mental mistakes. And Tennessee Tech, or Tennessee Tech, Tennessee State just took advantage of it. Now, not necessarily in points, because some of the turnovers that we had, that Tennessee State got, uh, were held to field goals. But, um, we just had too many mental mistakes, especially on special teams. I mean, when you give up, well, when you muff two punts... And then Tennessee State recovers. If you are at the college level, I understand that you have some mistakes. But when the players are pretty much on top of you, you do not need to let them get in your head. That they are literally right on top of you waiting for you to make a mistake. If anything, that's when you don't need to make a mistake. That's when you should be able to just receive that ball and fair catch it and take it where you caught it. Simple as that. Now, stats-wise would tell a different story that we were super dominant in this game. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, we were not dominant. If you watch the full game, we were not dominant at all. And it kind of worries me this year about JSU going as far as playoffs is concerned and possibly getting the OVC auto-bid. It really concerns me. I hope that JSU fixes its mental mistakes going uh, into this week against UT Martin. So, we'll just have to see. Alright, so let me read off some of the stats since I mentioned the stats. Rushing. So, we beat out Tennessee State 172-80 to in rushing yards. Passing yards. We beat out Tennessee State 280 passing yards to 145 total yards 452 to 225. Uh we had plenty of sacks on them. We had six uh for a loss of 35 yards. Um each team threw an interception. I'm not really worried about that from Zion. He is still in a new position. Now granted, he is already a lot better than Cooper at as far as decision making goes, but one interception this game and that was his only turnover. I'm not really worried about that. he can fix that as time goes on. Penalties we are actually a lot more disciplined this year. I'm very happy that we have made the adjustments as far as discipline goes that we have now moving forward, can we keep that? hopefully I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. time of possession both teams pretty much had equal amount of had equal amount of time as far as time. Um, of possession goes but we had three turnovers this is what gets me this is where where people are saying oh we had a dominant performance against tennessee state no we didn't turnovers is a big thing it's very rare that you see a team that won have more turnovers than the team that lost now what does that say about the defense tells me the defense is very good Tells me the defense is very, very good. So, I'm very happy that we have the defense that we have, but when you give up three turnovers, two of them on special teams by muffing two points, that's not a dominant performance. Not to mention, you let Tennessee State come back within five points. At one time, the score was 21-16. to You let Tennessee State get within five points. That's not a dominant performance by any means. Now the only positive from this game, besides our stats, the only other positive is that we had starters that did not even go to this game. They weren't COVID-related, they weren't injury-related, so I don't know why they didn't make it up to Tennessee State, but it gave our backups a lot of time against a very bad team. Sorry to my friends that, are, that go to Tennessee State or are fans of Tennessee State, your team is just bad. Sorry, but I'm glad that our backups got a, got a few reps in. So what does that mean going forward as far as like depth goes? Don't know. I I would like to think it's a positive for us. I would like to think it makes our depth a lot deeper instead of just a too deep, um, system. I would like to think that when our, t- uh, top two players for each each position get tired that we can easily substitute our backups for that outside of our two deep system and we'll be good to go so we'll just have to see as we go on but overall i'm very i'm very disappointed at how jsu performed but i'm glad we got the w and is and are moving past this like, we just need to forget that this weekend even happened and focus on Tennessee Martin this weekend. Take it one game at a, at a time, boys. As far as rankings, we did not move at all. We stayed at number 10. The only difference is we are actually tied for 10th with Southern Illinois. So that's the only difference. As far as Sam Herter's bracketology goes, we are he actually moved us up to the number 3 seed. Now this scares me. I don't like the number three seed at all. If you do research from 2014 on, every time we have had the three seed, we would get beat in our first game. The three seed is cursed. I don't care what anybody says. The three seed is cursed. I don't want the three seed. I would want one, two, or four. I don't want the three seed at all. Either JSU needs to get their crap together and start dominating these teams score-wise, like I'm talking blowouts, absolute blowouts, or absolute chaos needs to happen above JSU. So we'll see what goes, what happens going forward. Um, like I said, our next game is against UT Martin. Uh, it is this Sunday um, at 1 o'clock. You can catch the game on ESPN+. So be sure to catch our guys this weekend on ESPN Plus, or if you're going to the game, be sure to scream extra loud for those of us that cannot be there. All right, now moving into our FCS segment. Last week, it was pretty laxed. I'd say the only um, chaos that happened was uh, JMU's game. Uh, JMU struggled for the first three quarters, on offense their defense still looks pretty pretty good from I haven't seen a game yet but I'm going off of what my JMU friends have been telling me they've been saying that the defense is really good um they're not really worried about the defense their offense is what uh worries them hmm welcome to JSU for about the past two years so yeah now now you understand what us JSU fans have had to deal with for the past two years. But JMU almost lost to Elon, who lost to Gardner Webb the week before, and then barely beat Davidson the week before that. So a couple of questions arise question marks arise about JMU. Are they are they serious? Are they are they a threat for the FCS? Or Could they make it to Frisco? Could they uh, Could they change things around? I mean, I honestly don't know what to think of JMU right now. Um, the one thing I do know is in my bracketology and Sam Herter's bracketology, they do not have a seed. They do not have a seed, especially in mine. I mean, after the performance you've had the, the past two weeks, you're not getting a seed. I'm sorry. JMU fans, you can bash me all you want, but y'all are not getting a seed. Even if y'all run the table for the rest of the season, y'all are not getting a seed. After the way y'all performed against uh, Robert Morris and Elon, there's no possible way that y'all can get a seed. At all. Uh, North Dakota State, what's new? They took care of business. They shut out Missouri State 25-0. to They looked a lot more improved. From their loss against uh Southern Illinois, we'll just have to wait and see what happens going forward for North Dakota State. They still have to play U and I. They they play Illinois State coming up this weekend. Uh, they have not played North Dakota yet, so we'll just have to see what happens with um North Dakota State moving on. I I mean I think they're in good shape moving forward, but how are they going to fare against other top? Missouri Valley programs, and top FCS programs. Uh, we'll just have to see. Uh, like I've said before, JSU struggled against Tennessee State for about half the game during the second and third quarters. Uh, we dominated during the first and fourth. I've already covered that, but J- again, I'm not, I'm not impressed by JSU's win. No matter what the stats or the score says, I'm not impressed with that win, with the way we won. The one team that I is catching my eye and almost everybody else's eye is uh, VMI, Virginia Military Institute, from Lexington, Virginia. Uh, usually, this team is just a cakewalk, a cupcake game for most Southern teams. But last year, or 2019, the last season, and this season, I mean they they look like a force to be reckoned with. Watching them has been fun so we'll just have to wait and see what VMI does going forward they've beaten Furman uh, they handled Western Carolina 30-7 uh, to 7. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens with Virginia Military Institute or VMI as most people call them so yeah I mean they could possibly challenge Chattanooga for that uh, SOCON championship they could possibly challenge ETSU for that SOCON championship um, so like uh, some people on FCS Fans Nation have said SoCon is wide open right now like if you had me pick a winner right now I couldn't because there's so many things that haven't happened yet or haven't solidified to where we can be like oh this team for sure is going to win but VMI is really fun to watch if you haven't watched a game uh, of theirs yet I would highly recommend that you do they are very fun to watch this year all right, so we're going to do add two new segments to our fo- our FCS football segment, so like kind of a segment within a segment. Um, I do my personal uh, 25, top 25, and I do that because I am a voter on the FCS Fans Nation top 10 poll. Um, so doing a full top 25 is helps me keep up with who should be in the top 10 and who shouldn't. Um, but I'm not going to read the whole list off to you. I'll just read the top ten. So from one to ten in order, I have North Dakota at one, three ranked wins. There's no other choice to be number one at all. You cannot tell me that Weber, South Dakota State, JMU, you can't tell me that they deserve a number one over North Dakota. I'm sorry, but you're whatever you say, you're not going to convince me otherwise. Uh, Weber State is my number two. Uh, they have an easy schedule, so as long as they keep winning um, very well, they'll stay in the top uh three, top five area. South Dakota State, they've only lost uh, to, to North Dakota, but other than that, they handled their opponent, Western Illinois. Um, I had them at six last week, and I moved them up to three just because uh, against a bad opponent, they did what they should have. Then at number four, I have Northern Iowa again, they they okay, so going back to the beginning of the year when they played South Dakota State, it wasn't a bad loss. I, I think it was only a four point loss. So even after that game, I didn't drop you and I that much. But ever since then they've handled they've beaten their opponents after that and it was against teams that they should have beaten. So I have them at number four and then at number five and number six I have James Madison And Villanova, James Madison, I've already went over this. They struggled against Elon, lost 20, or they they beat Elon 20 to 17. You should have beat Elon by at least 17 points. So I, I dropped JMU from my number two to my number five, and then Villanova. I have been high like a bunch of people have been on Villanova. Um, And seeing them lose 16-13 to 13 against Stony Brook when, again, that's a team that they should have at least beat by 10. No, I, I had Villanova at my four, and that was even before they had even played a game. Now, that's not to say uh, Stony Brook is a bad team, but that's a team Villanova should have beaten by more than three. So, because of their performance against Stony Brook, I dropped them to... Number six, and at number seven, I have JSU, just because at the by the end of the game, JSU did what they were supposed to do. Um, I only rose them one spot, so we'll we'll see if JSU is deserving of that seven spot uh, moving forward. Um, At number eight, I have Nichols, but Nichols has a really good matchup this week against Sam Houston State. Um, Nichols kind of struggled against Northwestern State this past weekend. Um, only beat them by a touchdown, I believe. So, we'll see what happens moving forward. But the teams before Northwestern State, they completely blew out. They played a D2 team, beat them 87-3, and then blew out Lamar 55-0. to Um, but this week will be the first challenge Nichols has all season. And quite possibly could decide who get who wins the uh, Southland Conference. Um, so... I believe that's actually the game of the week for FCS Fans Nation. So it'll be a good game against Sam Houston State. Um, I'll get into predictions later. But we'll really see if Nichols is deserving to stay in the top 10. Or um, in some people's polls, I've seen him as high as number 4. So we'll see if Nichols is deserving of that top 5, top 10 spot moving forward. Um, at number 9, I have Delaware. I have a good feeling about Delaware this year. Um, So I have them at number nine, and then KSU. God, I love some of my KSU friends, but you have only played shorter. A, ba- a very bad Division two team. Like, one of the worst Division two teams, and you struggled against them. Ever since the beginning of the season, you have consistently dropped and dropped and dropped. Number one, because you haven't played a game since shorter. Number two, because you have you struggled against shorter, and number three, I mean, your strength of schedule is not that good. I mean, your two out-of-conference games, you have shorter, and then you have Dixie State. Now granted, I think Dixie State will be a good test for y'all, because they are a very good transition team from Division 2, but they're a transition team from Division 2. So, we'll see what happens with Kennesaw State moving forward, but as for now, that is my top 10. We will be moving into our next segment, which is my own personal bracketology. So, as, as we all know, uh, the usual playoff field is 24 teams with the top 8 teams being seated. This spring, they have actually shrunk the playoff field down to 16 teams and only the top 4 teams being seated. So I will go through each uh, conference and give uh, who I have as the champion or as getting the A- AQ, and then we'll move into at-larges, and then we'll move into seeds, and then we'll move into the, the, what I have as the bracket. Um, Alright, so for, for the AQs, for the Big Sky, right now I have Weber State, Big South I have Kennesaw. CAA, I have James Madison, but I think that's going to change in the coming weeks. We'll just have to see moving forward. Missouri Valley, I have North Dakota. Uh, Northeastern, I have Duquesne, OVC, JSU. Pioneer, like the five-time reigning champion, San Diego. They haven't lost a conference game in like five years or something like that. Uh, Patriot Colgate. Uh, SoCon, like I said, it's wide open, but I have been high on UTC all season, so they have the AQ in my bracket. Um, Southland, I have Nichols. For my at-larges, in no particular order, I have Northern Iowa, Villanova, South Dakota State, Southern Illinois, North Dakota State, and Eastern Washington. Um, My top four seeds are North Dakota at one, when you have three unranked or three ranked wins against um, Southern Illinois, uh, South Dakota State, and South Dakota. What better resume do you need for a number one seed? Number two, I have uh, South Dakota State. At number three, I have Weber State. And at four, I have JSU. Now, some of y'all might say, hmm, you don't have North Dakota State or James Madison. Well, North Dakota State's only loss was a blowout to Southern Illinois, who wasn't ranked at the time. So, NDSU does not have any quality wins right now. Um, as for JMU, weak schedule, and you've struggled the past two weeks. You're not deserving of a seed right now. Prove yourself by blowing out your other opponents going forward might change my mind. But as far as that goes, that is my seeds, my at larges, and my AQs. Let's get into the setup of the bracket. In the no- in the number one seed portion of the bracket, I have North Dakota versus Nichols and then UTC versus U and I. At number four, in the number four portion of the bracket, I have JSU versus Southern Illinois. And then KSU versus Colgate. In the number three portion of the bracket, I have Weber State versus San Diego, and then Eastern Washington versus North Dakota State. In the number two portion of the bracket, I have South Dakota State versus Villanova, and then James Madison versus Duquesne. Now, these matchups are supposed to be as regional as possible, but when you don't have as many West Coast teams, in the FCS it really makes it hard to do regional matchups even when you try to split the midwestern states in half meaning that they could either play east coast teams or west coast teams so it made it a, it made it really hard to kind of set up everything um, like i wanted it to to kind of cut down on travel because of covid um, and keep it as regional as possible. So that's why you have uh, Villanova, James Madison, and Duquesne in the South Dakota State portion of the bracket. Um, moving forward, uh, I think this week is the first week that we could probably see some major movement as far as bracketology goes, because um, you have games like Nichols and South uh, South Dakota State, Nichols and Sam Houston State. Um, or they're known as Sam Houston now, just Sam Houston. And games such as Northern Iowa at Southern Illinois, Illinois State at South at North Dakota State. Which, if you go by what happened last game, Illinois State plays North Dakota State super hard. Uh, North Dakota State only won that game like nine to six or nine to three or something like that. It. It was a very low scoring game. It did not get into double di- digits whatsoever. Um also games such as uh UC Davis and Weber State. So games like that this weekend could possibly cause some major shift as far as uh not only bracketology goes but possibly rankings. So we will just have to see moving forward. If you had to if you had to ask me to pick a favorite out of my bracketology um, I would have to go with North Dakota right now um, they just look like um, they're like South Dakota State they look like the most complete team but um, not only are they the most one of the most complete teams in the FCS um, I don't think they're as complete as South Dakota State but North Dakota is uh, probably one of the more dominant teams and more prepared teams in the FCS right now. So I would have to go with the North Dakota State, or North Dakota State, North Dakota Fighting Hawks. So yeah, that that's my very early pick uh, right now. Um, we'll see if it changes moving forward. All right, moving into our predictions of uh, this upcoming week's games. Most of the games I've, mentioned in the previous segment they are on this list um so let's just get right into the predictions up first we have northern iowa at southern illinois i think this is going to be a close game uh judging how southern illinois started the season uh against north dakota and how you and i started against south dakota and how both have well southern illinois has improved you and I has kind of just stayed stagnant from what I can tell, but I think this game is going to be close. I think it'll be no more than a 10-point game, uh, but I'm going to go Northern Iowa by 10. Um, next game, the game of the week for FCS Man's Nation. Uh, Nichols at Sam Houston uh, State, or Sam Houston. I honestly don't know who to pick for this one. Uh, this is a toss-up. Uh, Nichols has just been really dominant, Lately, minus uh, last week, and then Sam Houston looked really good against uh, Southeastern Louisiana, the only game that they've played this year. But because I think Nichols has played more games, I think they're going to be better prepared than Sam Houston. So I'm going to go Nichols um, in a close one, in this one. Illinois State at North Dakota State for our next game. Man, would I love to pick against the bison, but I just don't think I can. Especially when it's at the Fargo Dome. Now I know the nine to six, nine to three game in the playoffs in two thousand nineteen was at the Fargo Dome. But that's also when Illinois State was a good team. From what I have seen, they are not as good as they have been. Therefore, I I'm I'm gonna be rooting for the Redbirds, but I think NDSU is going to come away with the win somewhere between 17 and 10 points. Our next game, UC Davis at Weber State. Now, to me, this is the more intriguing matchup. UC Davis played their first game of the season last week against Idaho and beat them. Idaho was a ranked team. Weber State has not played a quality opponent yet. So this game is actually going to be my first upset. I think UC Davis uh, is coming in hot with Dan Hawkins. Um, he's he's one of the best coaches in the FCS. Um, I think he's going to get the job done against Weber State, even though it's at Weber State. Um, I just think UC Davis is going to get the job done and get the W. Um, next game, the first weekend that the Big South is actually playing um, games We have Charleston Southern at Kennesaw State. It's at Kennesaw State. Kennesaw State is going to win this game. There's no need to dive too deep into this. Kennesaw State is going to win this game. Uh, Next game, Furman at East Tennessee State. Again, Furman is just not that good in my opinion. They're just not. They, they, They lost to VMI. They struggled against Samford last week. Had to go to overtime to beat them, and Samford is not a good team at all whatsoever. So I think ETSU is going to beat Furman, let's say, by at least seven, by a touchdown. Now, probably the OVC Game of the Week, if the OVC ever did anything that supported football whatsoever. My call for the OVC Game of the Week is Murray State at Tennessee Tech. Tennessee Tech was really good at home against Austin Peay, but then again, Austin Peay is not a very good team at all. Uh, Austin P is not the team that we thought they were going to be, and Tennessee Tech um, beat them. So I, I I would like to think that Tennessee Tech is pretty good at home, but seeing how Murray State played against UT Martin and beat Semo last week, I'm going to have to go Murray State by three in this one. All right, Jacksonville State at UT Martin, our game of the week. So UT Martin has always been a tough opponent for us. Um, Last year, we should have beat them. We were actually ahead and UT Martin pulled away in the fourth quarter and we ended up losing by five. So uh, UT Martin usually has a very tough uh, defense. Um, They only held Murray State to 14. I think it was 14 to 6 or 14 to seven or something like that it was a low scoring game for the murray state ut martin game um so i think that's one thing that we're gonna have to watch out for in this game is the tough defense of ut martin um but i think our offense and defense will overpower ut martin and we should have no we should keyword should because i said we would beat tennessee state and we kind of struggled with them keyword we should have no issue beating ut martin handily so I, I'm i going to take JSU by, by at least 10 in this one. All right, guys, that wraps up this show. Thank you for joining me today. Um, you can find us on any social media platform. Um, our handle on Twitter and Instagram are at cocky underscore nation. Um, on Facebook, just look up um, cocky nation, a JSU podcast, request to join, and one of the admins will approve your request. Um, a bit of heads up for next week. I will actually be on the FCS Fans Nation podcast. Um, I've done it with Matthew Frazee for one episode, and then I've done it with Kyler Neal for an episode, so I'm excited to do one with both of them. Um, this will, like I said, this will be my third time. Um, so very excited about that. Very looking forward to it. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, you can find this uh podcast on apple podcast google podcast spotify overreach breaker any podcast uh platform you can think of we we are probably available on it on it on that note i hope you have a good morning evening afternoon whenever you are listening to this podcast always remember fear the beat go gangcocks. cocks we're out boom